We're going to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and read one verse, and it's a very short verse, the first verse, verse that everybody uh, uh, knows and can quote. But this just simply says here, the Hebrew writer says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me read that one more time. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let us pray. Fathers, we come today. We thank you, God, for the privilege of being in your house. We thank you, God, for what we felt already. And I ask God now that as we turn to your word that you will speak to us uh, from, uh, from your word today and give us what we need today. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name that the church say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me say one other thing before I go on about uh, that visit to the, uh, the synagogue. Uh, a lot of the things that the, the gentleman was uh, telling us I could I could relate to to a lot of the study and the Word of God, and um, uh, as I was looking over, I saw how things were so so similar to our uh, congregation. But I caught something. I noticed, and he's they kept talking about the Burma, the Burma, and. Uh, I knew what the Burma was because I've studied uh, the uh, the Hebrew, and Burma is a Hebrew word for judgment seat or place of judgment. And as but as as he was describing what was what was there in in that synagogue, he kept referring to the platform, Sister Kathy, as the Burma. He didn't say platform, the Burma. And uh, he let me get up there, and uh, I was looking at that, a Bible stand and, and everything where the rabbi, he goes back here to a place, beautiful place that they stained glass and slide open. They call it the ark, and there's five big, huge scrolls in there, uh, the, uh, which are the five books of the law. And... Uh, 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 he told me, so he says, go ahead and have a go at it, you know. And I, before I got out of there, I, I, I just quoted, I quoted the scripture that I knew that their, that their faith is based upon Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. But then I, I says, I noticed that you call this stage or platform the Burma. He says, yeah, he says, that's the Burma. And... The more I thought about that as we got in our car and headed down the road, those people go to uh, go 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 to Sabbath and to the synagogue, Brother Paul, and they'll on the Sabbath they'll go to that ark and they'll open those beautiful doors and all the finery there, and they'll pull out one of them scrolls, which is one of the five books of Moses, which is the law, the Torah, and he will unroll it and lay it there and read from the law. 
I told Sister Darlene, I said, we are so blessed. I said, because, you see, they're still looking for the Messiah to come. And all those people have, they go there every Sabbath, Brother Jeff, and they have judgment to them because the law is judgment. I said, the difference from them and us, I said, it's that right by on their judgment seat. The people go every Sunday and, and, and they, they face judgment. I said, Jesus has called me to deliver the gospel, which is the good news. It's not judgment. It's grace. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God for grace. Thank God for we're not under the law. Hallelujah. Thank God we got mercy. This is not the burma up here. This is not judgment. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ don't want to judge you today. Hallelujah. He wants to offer you life. He wants to give you hope. Oh, glory. I overheard Brother Darrell in his teaching this morning. He said if something on the terms that if he wants to backslid or get, uh, go out on God, he would hope somebody would love him enough to come and not to condemn him or judge him, but to, to help him. And that's able to take place because you don't come every week to face judgment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus fulfilled the law. Hallelujah. He, hallelujah. All that came from Moses, but grace and truth comes by Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. That's what freedom is all about. That's what liberty is all about. My Lord, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. The evidence of things not seen. I want to speak to you on a few minutes on the subject titled, Believing for What is Not Seen. Believing for What is is not seen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just pray right now for Sister Lynn in the name of Jesus. As they anoint her with oil, God, touch her right now. Touch her right now in the name of Jesus. God, I'm asking God for your healing virtue from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. Right now, God, deliver her right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God. Let your healing touch. Right now, God. We believe it, God. We call it. We speak it right now. Rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. Heal it right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Right now, God. Right now. Right now, Lord, in Jesus' name.
right now, God. Take that away right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, take it away right now, mighty God. Clap your hands in agreement to it right now. Clap your hands in agreement to it right now, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah. 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 Let's everybody say, God, help me to believe it. Help me to believe it, God. Hallelujah. That's what I want to talk about today is believing for what is not seen. I want to relate a story to you, a true story that I've used in in time past. I'm going to use it again because it fits so well, this message this morning. Hallelujah. There was a small congregation in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. This small congregation built a brand new sanctuary on a piece of land that had been willed to them by a church member. They went and they had everything built, everything completed with the building, and they called the inspector to do the final inspection so they could get an occupancy permit. But as the inspector came and he looked over uh, everything, the the inspector says that the parking lot that you have is too small for this new new building that you have built because you have doubled the size of your building. And so you will not be able to move into this new building and have your dedication service (coughs) until you're able to double the size of your parking lot. Those of us of CFC understand that. Hallelujah. And so the pastor of the church gets up on the Sunday morning following and explains the situation to his congregation. And the pastor says, he says, all the members who's got mountain-moving faith, I want you to be here tonight We're going to hold a prayer meeting asking God to remove uh, this hillside that's behind us. See, they done used up every square inch of their level property, but and it, it backed up against a hillside, and it just almost straight up from there. And he said, "We're going to we're going to pray for God to work a miracle to remove remove this." Out of 300 members that the church had, there was only 24, evidently, that had mountain-moving faith because 24 was all that showed up for that prayer meeting. But those who showed up, they prayed and asked God for a miracle, for God to give them something that they couldn't see. The very next morning, as the pastor was in his study. There was a knock come up on the door. And he went to open the door, uh, and uh, he said, come in. There was a rough-looking construction foreman 
that appeared, and he took off his construction hat and walked in and said, Excuse me, Reverend, I'm with the construction company that's over in the next county. He said, We are building a, a, a brand-new huge shopping mall over there, and we need some field dirt. <laughs> Would you be willing to sell us that hillside beyond your new church building? He said, We'll pay you for the dirt and we'll remove it, and for your trouble, we'll pave you a nice big parking lot in its place. Needless to say, there happened to be after that a whole lot more people in that congregation that had mountain-moving faith. I want to tell somebody here today that whatever it is in your life that appears to be a mountain, it's nothing but a molehill in the sight of God if you're able to believe for what is not seen. God, even though I was intended, I was intended on, on speaking on something else different that had to do with uh, the, this weekend and liberty and everything. God just kept impressing upon me, hallelujah, that we need to be able to believe for what is not seen. The scripture said, now faith, amen, is the, uh, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We have got to be able, amen, to stretch our faith and our confidence in God. Amen. To know that God can and do anything and that nothing is impossible with Him. If you believe that, give Him a hand clap of praise. Glory to God. I want to talk, amen, just a little bit about this Amen. And I, first I want to talk about breaking the boundaries of the physical. Breaking the boundaries of the physical. As long as I have been striving, let me say striving, to serve the Lord, yet there has been one immutable fact which is always seems to come to burst my bubble every time I approach the assumption that I'm growing a little bit more spiritual. And that is that I realize that I'm still only flesh. Come on now. And because I am flesh, there are boundaries the flesh imposes upon me which attempts to hold me hostage to the natural realm. Come on. We've got to, we all have got boundaries in our life that's imposed upon us by our carnal nature, by our flesh. Hallelujah. Those boundaries, amen, will hold us hostage and keep us, amen, from being able to believe God for the things we can't see. And what we have got to do is break those boundaries, amen, in the physical realm so we can approach God in the spiritual realm. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, our bodies, we've been taught this in school. Our bodies have five senses which are used to allow us to relate to the physical world around us. And if you have all those five senses working properly, you are blessed indeed. Amen. I mean, I'm blessed because even though i got to use glasses, I still got the sense of sight. Hallelujah. Amen. My body needs that. 
amen, to be able to relate to certain things, amen, in this world, amen. We all got those five senses, and if those five senses are functioning perfectly, amen, then you are blessed because you have those five senses. Hallelujah. Not everybody has them all or has them working properly. But when it comes to interacting with the spiritual realm, those same five senses become boundaries that keep us tied to the natural realm. Come on. If the flesh can't see it, if the flesh can't touch it, if the flesh can't smell it, taste it, or hear it, then it's not real or true as far as the flesh is concerned. And that's the same for every one of us. We have difficulty believing in something that we can't see, that we can't feel, touch, or hear, amen, or relate to with those five Amen, senses, hallelujah. But if we desire to know Christ more intimately and walk into the dimension where miracles abound and the supernatural is commonplace, then we must break the boundaries of the physical world where only, hallelujah, amen, the five senses rule. We've got to break those boundaries. There's a situation which happened after the resurrection of Jesus that demonstrates how the flesh cannot accept what it can't see. It, it, it's, it's one of the best demonstrations in the Bible that I know of. And I'm going to take you to John chapter 20 and read verses 19 through 25. This is what it says. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Now, if you pick, uh, what you picked up, this was later on, amen, after that morning, which was the resurrection that Jesus had, had resurrected. Verse 21, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. For some reason, Thomas, the apostle Thomas, wasn't there when Jesus appeared to the rest of them. So he didn't see the Lord like the rest of them did. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You hear that? Hallelujah. Thomas was bound by the five senses. Hallelujah. He was bound to the physical world. He didn't know how to break free. Amen. From those, those boundaries that had him bound up. 
that is one reason why a lot of people today can't get what they pray for. They can't get a healing. They can't get something else moved in their life. It's because they got boundaries that won't let them, amen, get free the natural where they can step into the supernatural where the Spirit of God moves where they can receive what they need. Hallelujah. Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe. There's nothing. I come to tell you today, there's nothing impossible with God. And I want to tell you the second thing, that the Bible said that there is nothing too hard for God. Glory to God. Now, let's read just a little further, the same chapter, verses 26 through 29. And after eight days, his disciples were again uh, uh, inside. And Thomas uh, with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. Now notice that, the doors are shut. This lets me know that Jesus just appeared in their midst. There he was. He was there. And notice this. Then, when he appeared, Ronnie, he walked right over to Thomas. How in the world did Jesus know about Thomas and what Thomas has said? He knows everything we are. He knows your deepest secrets whispered in the four, four walls of your home. He knows, I've had people come to me more, many times down through the years and tell me, said, Pastor, I could almost swear I believe you got my house bugged because, because you preached exactly what was going on this past week. In my, listen, I don't know it, but God does. God does. Hallelujah. Amen. So, but Jesus walked directly to Thomas. He said, Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my, my, uh, and look at my hands and reach your hands here and put it in my side. Do not... Be unbelieving, but believing. Oh, hallelujah. And Thomas answered and said to him, Notice this, my Lord and my God. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. He knew who he was, didn't he? Hallelujah. He knew he was God. Hallelujah. He knew he was God. Thomas called him God. He said, You're my Lord and you're my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Church, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. I'm talking today about believing for what is not seen. Hallelujah. We are living in a terrible world. We're living in some harsh times and I want to let you know that it's going to get worse before it gets any better. Hallelujah. We have got to understand and we have got to learn how to break the boundaries that keeps us bounded in the flesh where we're able to break forth. Hallelujah. And receive what it is that we need from God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. I want to move on. Hallelujah. I want to talk about seeing what hasn't appeared. <coughs> seeing what hasn't appeared. 
When you believe what is not seen, it allows you to see what has not yet appeared. Do you follow me? You follow me? Through faith, you can visualize what can't be seen with the natural eye. I love to relate the story of two close friends by the name of Walter and Arthur. I love this story. And this is another true story, and let me share it with you. Arthur's good close friend gave him a call one day and says, I want you to take, I want you to take a drive with me. We're going to go out. I want to show you something. So Walter went over there, and Arthur got in the car, and they headed down the road. They drove and left the city, went way out there in the boonies, in the middle of no man's land. Walter pulls the car over, and they get out, and he walk a few paces and look across out there at nothing. And uh, Walter looks at Arthur and says, can you see it? He said, see what? He says, there's going to be a big, huge, beautiful park built right here. He said, I already see it in my mind's eye. And he said, it's going to be a place for people to come and enjoy their families and have a great time. And Walter looked at Arthur, and he says, Now, he says, I've got the means to start this, but all this other land all around here, he says, I'm not able right now to purchase this. He said, But I see hotel after hotel restaurants, all kind of other things everywhere. He says, I want you to get in on the ground floor. He said, I want you to step with me in and make this investment. Arthur later said, I thought my friend had lost his mind. He says, who in the world in their right mind is going to put all of their family in a car and drive 25 or 30 miles outside the biggest city, amen, out here. And so he, he, all he told me, he says, I'll give it some thought. Walter was Walt Disney. Arthur was Art Linkletter. They were both close friends. And when Walt Disney had the vision, and he could see across the swamps and all the other things and visualize Disneyland. Even his close friend thought he'd lost his mind. Art Leakletter at the time was somebody who was well known in every household of America. He lost 
billions of dollars that he could have made because he was not able to see what had not yet appeared. All glory to God. Everybody knows what's happened since then as far as Walt Disney and Disney World and Disneyland, all that. It's the same way, church, in the spiritual realm. We have got to break free of the boundaries that keep us embounded in the natural sense. God wants to give you so much more. He wants to use you in ways you cannot imagine. He wants to ha- uh, for you and him to have an intimate relationship, but you have got to break free of those five senses, amen, that keeps you bound to the physical world so you can break free and step out into the supernatural and receive the glory of God that only their way. It ain't going to be in the natural. You can forget it. It ain't going to happen in the natural. It all comes through the Spirit. Can somebody say amen? We've got to be able to break free. Glory to God. I feel His presence in the house. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. So it's the same way in our spiritual walk with God. We are called upon to believe what our physical senses has never experienced. The whole Christian life is a life by faith. And we have communion with what is not seen. Hello, somebody. And we trust things the flesh can't fully understand or comprehend. My flesh can't, and your flesh can't comprehend all the stuff that you see going on around here. People, some people jumping up and down, some people running around, some people crying, some people, you know, jabbering in some kind of, you, you think they're reading a, a Chinese phone book. Hallelujah. The flesh can't perceive that. The flesh can't understand that. <laughs> How many times do you think of Art Linkletter? Because he lived to see the first park built. <laughs> Now, Hart Linkletter, I mean, you know, he he was, you know, I imagine he had a couple bucks in the bank his own self. But think of what he could have had if he was able to see what yet hadn't appeared. Do you follow me today? And I want you to be able to relate that to what God is trying to tell us in the spiritual realm. I'm fixing to close. But I want to bring you 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. This is one of my favorite texts. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear (laughs) what we shall be. (laughs) Glory. But we know that, hallelujah, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, glory to God. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is, in, is pure. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Church, it ain't appeared yet. I, don't ask me a lot of questions about heaven and how this is going to be and how that is going to be. I don't 
don't know. Hallelujah. And don't listen to that lying preacher down the road trying to tell you he knows because it ain't yet appeared. Hallelujah. The apostle, amen, said it ain't appeared. Nobody knows it knows at all. We don't understand it all. What all the glory is. The Bible said, I have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. The things that God has got in store for him. All glory to God. Hallelujah. Old apostle John said, it ain't appeared yet. Hallelujah. It ain't appeared, Lord and God. But I know one thing. When he appears, I'm going to be like him. I like to try to welcome everybody that comes around. But there's one, there's one I don't like welcome, and that's old Arthur. The older I get, the more I don't like to see old Arthur. Old Arthur's come and he set up housekeeping right back there in the part of my back that got broke back in 1992. And I'm a better weather forecaster than Channel 5. Hallelujah. But you know what? One of these days, Brother Paul, all these aches and bodies... Pains in this body. One day, you're going to be laid back in that rocking chair in heaven, Brother Paul, enjoying that mansion. Old Arthur going to knock on the door. He going to say, you ain't welcome here. You, ain't, you can't come in here. Hallelujah. Hey, man, you tortured me all my life now. You ain't welcome. He ain't going to be welcome in heaven. Come on, somebody. Think about, man, there's more and more people today being affected by cancer. Makes you wonder where it's all coming from because it didn't used to be that way like it is today. But cancer ain't going to be welcome in heaven. Hallelujah to God. <laughs> you ever been heartbroken? You ever had your heartache and you're crying, bitter tears? Ain't going to be no crying in heaven. <laughs> I can't explain to you what it's all going to be like, but I can see it in my mind's eye. Hallelujah. Oh, like old Walt Disney, I can visualize a land where the Bible said as fair as a, as a day. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, man, an old red folder used to singing good. There will be peace in the valley for me one day. There will be peace in the valley for me. Oh, Lord, I pray. There be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble I see. Elvis used to sing that good. There will be peace in the valley for me. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I hadn't seen it yet. Lord and God, but I can visualize it. I'm looking for it. And by the grace of God, I'm going to make it. What about you? Lord, we got to 
what we got to do. And Sister Debbie, come on up to the keyboard, please. We got, we got to be believing for what is not seen. We got to be able to believe for what we can't see. The final scripture, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Now, he's talking about Jesus here. He said, whom having not seen, we've never seen him, ye love. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing. <laughs> ha, glory. You see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. My, my, my. Look at this. Receiving the end. What's going to be the end of our faith? It's going to be the salvation of your souls. Whew. My God, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I've never seen him, but I've fallen in love with him. And guess what? My eyes is not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be like the guy who had a little too much to drink in the tavern and married that beautiful woman he thought he just met when he wakes up the next morning sober and he looks over, who are you? <laughs> Glory. I've never seen him, but I'm not going to be disappointed. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I don't believe heaven's going to disappoint me. I don't believe, whoa, when my eyes look upon him. Whoa, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, like that song. Listen, we all can talk about, well, I'll do this or that, but it's like that one songwriter says, I can only imagine. I can't, I don't know. When I look at him, when he appears, what I hadn't seen, Lord of God, will I, will I uh, dance before you, Jesus? Will I fall? Whatever. I don't know. But glory to God, I'm not going to be disappointed. What about you? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My Lord. My, 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 my. Thank God. Hallelujah. I don't know what the needs may be in the house. Maybe you just need to ask God to give you, to increase your faith, to help you to believe a little bit more. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with some doubt. You need to get that doubt, kick and plumb out.